VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As a true football fan, you already know every weekend our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They also have all the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. We're on Earth, in case you guys didn't know. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, like Caleb the Greek, pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come together, the rewards will be huge. They will be huge. Take it from the Greek. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. You don't have to be Wolfgang Amadeus Einstein to know this is a smart move. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And possibly laid. Hey there, Colin. Hey, what's up? Well, uh, we're playing football again. I mean, I, I got to say, uh, after two gut punch losses, it was nice to get a, a week-long break. Yeah, I was, you said we're playing football again, and my immediate thought was, who gives a fuck? Yeah, I think a lot of Tiger fans are going to feel that way. But uh, Barry Odom's career is on the line at this point. Uh, you know, bounce back, Barry. But, uh, <laughs> I, I just, this time, I don't feel it. I think this time, the, the, the wagon wheels have fallen off. Interesting thing about this point in the season is Kelly Bryant is not 100% healthy. Uh, they said Tuesday he was 70%. As Barry Odom said if it were game today, he would not play him. I don't know about you, Colin, but my personal feeling is that Barry Odom's career is on the line. If Kelly Bryant can go out there, they're going to put him out there. Yeah, I don't really have many doubts that Kelly Bryant's going to play. I mean, we're talking, it's Wednesday, though. While we're talking, though, you may not get it on Wednesday. There's still a, several days for game day, and you know, I I think a lot of that is just coach speak. You know, try to keep the, your opponent guessing what quarterback are you going to see. Blah blah blah. What do you think has been the problem in the last two weeks? Because this is a team that just fell off. I mean, they won five straight games and then lost two horrible games to two horrible teams. There was bad coaching, undisciplined, <laughs> bad coaching. Do you think Kelly Bryant not being a hundred percent? is a factor. Well, certainly it's a factor, but I think ultimately is it's pretty obvious that Derek Dooley doesn't know how to utilize our very athletic, you know, five-star quarterback and our very uh, talented five-star tight end. And, you know, it's just a stable of very good running backs. Our offense is has been and will continue to be just the most conservative, mediocre, milk toast shit that you're ever going to watch. You know, I just keep talking about Mike Leach. And the reason I want Mike Leach is like, maybe he'll lose games, but you know what? We're going to lose games scoring 50 points a day. And be, you know, have fun just, watching them. Yeah, you know, fuck. You know, you, when you have a quarterback like Kelly Bryant and tied in like Albert O and a running back like Roundtree and, and uh, Beatty, and and some pretty decent receivers with Jonathan Johnson and Knox and these guys and Nance to not be able to score points that's not on personnel that's on coaching and God it's just miserable to watch it has been miserable to watch and you know you, you talk about the Chiefs a lot Colin but uh, watching them play without Patrick Mahomes and still having some success I look at a guy like Travis Kelsey and it just reminds me 
in my mind, when you're watching an offense, there's nothing more fun than watching a big, talented tight end. And it is really frustrating to see this Missouri team who has a really big, talented tight end and just not even be a factor in this offense. I mean, for a solid month, the last four games, Albert O is just not part of the offense. And there is absolutely no reason why. That makes no sense why you don't utilize your best player, especially at such an important position as tight end. Oh, I mean, you want to talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs have had some turd burger quarterbacks. For instance, Tyler Thigpen and Tony Gonzalez, fucking Paul the Fame tight ends. Some of his best seasons were with that turd burger quarterback. Because he was their safety valve. He was a guy that was always open. He was in the, over the middle. He was the best player on the roster. We've got that in Alberto. We just refuse to utilize him. And we don't have a turd burger quarterback. we got a pretty decent quarterback. There's just no excuse for the way the offenses have played. And, and you know, I remember it's thinking of that Wyoming and thinking, God, this is the most boring, predictable offense. And I know we talked about another game where they, they tried to throw a fade pattern the corner of the end zone for a touchdown after they'd already done it once in the same game. And I'm like, if I know it's coming, they know it's coming. And it just, the lack of creativity on offense is mind numbing. And we've both heard Caleb talk about how bad he thinks Derek Dooley is. And I was willing to give Derek Dooley the benefit of the doubt, but it is garbage. And, uh, you know, Caleb wants to see Derek Dooley lose his job before we go after Odom. And I think that is a, a reasonable thing to, to ask for. But I think I ultimately at this point, I am on the, the get rid of Barry bandwagon. Four years is too long to have the exact same results over and over and over. Georgia is a 17 point favorite in this game. You're saying take Georgia. Oh, yeah, by more than that. You know what I mean? Like, George is going to stomp our dicks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, certainly if Kelly Bryant doesn't play, then you should certainly take George in the 17. 17 is a big number. What have we done on offense with Kelly Bryant to make you think that we're going to come anywhere close to scoring with Georgia? Well, I'm I'm just saying that before Vanderbilt and Kentucky, you know, living in a world where those two games don't exist, we were scoring 40 points a game, you know, and, and that is completely dried up. It's like a completely different team has taken the field the last two weeks granted we have not played two defenses that should shut us down something horrible has happened in the last two weeks you know what i mean like we've had people talk about off field issues or whatever but the point is is it's disarray you know if you you follow the nfl and you look at the browns they got a lot of big personalities and a lot of talent and they got a fat moron named freddie kitchens trying to run the show you just can't do it their players are wearing wristwatches during games and special and trying to sneak you know super cool shoes onto the f- the field even though they know the NFL doesn't like it and their quarterback is a fuck is, is shaving his fucking facial hair three times during on game day like their heads are so not where they need to be do you know what I mean like yeah. that's why they lose they yeah they've got a shitload of talent but they are they don't understand they're they're concentrating on all the wrong things and that's what Mizzou is to me right now and that's why I question Barry Odom is like we've got the talent to win games but nobody's head is where it belongs nobody nobody's doing the things it takes to win football games they're worried about everything else so as we kind of talked about you know as time has gone by I think there's been less talk about should we or shouldn't we fire Barry Odom because you know people get cooler and don't you know just want heads to roll as much but I kind of think that given the circumstance of this season, given the fact that this is as soft a schedule as any coach could ever hope for, including this now the second bye week in a season, which you're just not going to get after two 
should have been cupcake wins. The expectations were that Barry... Going into what should be the biggest game of your season. Right. This should have been Barry's year. You know what I mean? This should have been the year to prove that he is a true coach. And he... This is what I'm saying. Like, this is... If you... If Barry Odom coaches 20 more years, he will not have a season line up the way this one did. And he has flushed it. He did. Hot dog water fucking flushed it. Hot dog water. Yeah. And and, and he's just, I mean, everybody knows what this season should have been and what a good coach should have made of it. I mean, it's supposed to be 8-0 going into this game. Yeah. You can't have these kind of expectations. Not just the expectations, but the soft path to get there and then do what's happened. I mean, this is just an. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Unforgivable kind of season, and uh, we'll see what, you know, there's a lot of games left. I yeah, mean, if, if he can't, if if with this quarterback and this tight end and these running backs and this offense and this and schedule defense that is playing admirably and this schedule, if he can't do it now. What gives you any hope that he'll ever do it? I agree. It's never going to get easier. I mean, this is as talented a roster as he can probably hope for at Mizzou, and as soft a schedule as he's ever going to see. And it's just <laughs> <laughs> that describes it well. All right. Well, we've got. Uh, Andrew Stevens from scout.com to talk about Georgia and just why they're going to shove it up our ass. Mm. And uh, of course, well, Caleb the Greek is going to come back and make his picks. He's still looking for that heater this season. Uh, he said he's going to have a lot of picks for us this week. So we'll see how that ends up. Anyway, Colin, I guess, should we move it all along? Let's do that. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Bryant with the time. The pass is a and a touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the back. This is the Mazad Cat. On the line now, back from the bye week, Caleb Bungart. Caleb, are you uh, are you ready to make some picks and make some people some money? Yeah, I'm going to really try hard this week. <laughs> you didn't get your heater the last time we tried this. No, no, I didn't. Still waiting on it. Yeah, well, let's try it again this week. It's time once again for Caleb the Greek Pick of the Week. When you see that Vegas line, you want to make your wallet fat. All the boys and girls alike, they want to get them some of that. It's a bearded lady pleaser, it's the best picks of the week. All you sons of bitches get rich with the man. Caleb the Greek, Caleb the Greek. Caleb the Greek, Caleb the Greek. Who's on your docket this time around? All right. 
right, let's go SEC football, if you can call it that. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are visiting the Arkansas Razorbacks this week. Believe it or not, the Hilltoppers are just a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And I believe that they will uh, cover that one-and-a-half points. Wait, you think that the Hilltoppers will beat Arkansas? I believe the Hilltoppers will beat Arkansas. He just said that, Brendan. Well, I mean, one-and-a-half points is a pick And the fact that an SEC team, an SEC West team, is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, God, Arkansas is terrible. Total dog shit. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not they're not a very good ball club. And Kentucky catching one and a half points looks good. All right, so Caleb is going to take the Hilltoppers plus one and a half points from Arkansas. The coin, the 2005 Kansas coin, we're going to have Arkansas as heads, uh, Western Kentucky as tails. The coin thinks that Arkansas will win this game. It likes the SEC school. Yeah, that fucking coin's stupid. Pocket change trash tall. <laughs> I like when you guys don't agree. Although it may have had the better of you last time around. Yeah, I think it did. Fuck it. Okay, so this one we're staying in the SEC. We have Appalachian State Mountaineers visiting South Carolina Gamecocks. And it's kind of an odd deal because Appalachian State was undefeated and ranked and finally lost the game. Now we've got a loss on the schedule. South Carolina's played good. They played bad. They've done lots of shit. Anyway, South Carolina is a five-point favorite in this game. I'm going to go ahead and pick Appalachian State. Wow. You're down on these uh, SEC hilltoppers and mountaineers. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe you're just a big geography fan. Sure, that's it, Brendan. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, yes, uh, South Carolina. You know, some people say, Caleb, don't bet on inconsistent teams. And uh, South Carolina is nothing if not inconsistent this year. But you think that they are uh, on the down slide after their big Georgia win and then another loss. The Mountaineers are going to come in and take their ass. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Mountaineer on this one. You can't. A Mountaineer beats a Gamecock every day of the week. Sure. When you bet my uh, mascot, you can't lose. I'm going to take the coin here. We've got heads as the South Carolina Gamecocks and tails as the Mountaineers. Once again, the coin likes the SEC. It is picking South Carolina. Good, good, good. Maybe we can go against each other all games. Yeah. I'm telling you, you know, South Carolina got beat by Missouri. Missouri has looked like absolute dog shit. Don't think South Carolina's a good team, folks. Okay. Onward and upward to the Big Ten. We have a matchup between the Illinois fighting Illini and Michigan State. Big Ten's weird this year. Big Ten's weird every year. It is weird. I don't. I think the Big Ten has fucked me every time. But we're going to go back there again. Michigan State is a 14.5-point favorite. Take Michigan State to cover that 14.5-point spread. Yeah, you are not a Lovey Smith fan. I wish I could be as terrible at my job for 20 years as Lovey Smith and keep getting jobs that pay me millions of dollars (laughs) i wish you could too we'd have a great studio it would be just fucking fantastic but most people unless you're a college football coach don't get to suck forever and keep doing it but that is one (laughs) job you can do it yeah that's true speaking of sucking at what you do we're going to put you up against the coin once again michigan state is going to be heads illinois is going to be tails the coin thinks that illinois is going to be able to cover that big spread against Michigan State. 
So we're three for three. I think we had never had a, a week where you and the coin were completely opposite each other until this season, and we're on the verge of doing it again. Oh, yes. Let's see if we can keep it on. I'm going to give five games this week. Oh, wow. It's going to be a big, big week for both of us. All right, Pac-12. We've got the Trojans of USC visiting the Herm Edwards Arizona State Sun Devils. Sun Devils one and a half point favorites. Take the Sun Devils. All right, you like Arizona State. Not confident in the Trojans this season, huh? No, they're up and down too. And Arizona State's defense is pretty good. USC's is not. That's why I kind of like Arizona State in this game. Kind of like them. You heard it here first, folks. All right, well, the coin is going to have USC as heads, Arizona State as tails. And the coin likes USC. So it could be one more game. We'll decide if you and the coin are completely opposite. All right. Well, we're going to finish up in the batshit Big 12. Maybe the game of the year in the Big 12. We have Baylor and TCU playing each other this week. Ain't no Baylor, I believe, right? Yeah. Ain't no Baylor. And TCU is also ranked. I've got a 50 points on the point total over under. 50 points is what we've got. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over as my lock of the week on this game. Lock of the week. All right. We got a lock of the week. It's an over under, and uh, you got to go over on Big 12 games. I mean, Big 12's famous for not having defense. Points just looks ridiculous in a Big 12 game. I mean, one team could score, score 50 points in this game very easily. So that 50 points, low hanging fruit. Go ahead and eat it. All right. I am going to take Caleb at his word. 50 points, the over under. He says go over. I believe it. Baylor, uh, ain't no. Some people were talking, Caleb, that uh, should Baylor go undefeated this year, they might be one of those teams, the first team ever, that uh, is undefeated in a Power 5 conference to not get in the playoff. Do you think that could happen? It could happen. It could happen because they the schedule of the Big 12 is not that good. You know, it could actually happen to a couple different teams this year because I could see a way that Clemson could probably go undefeated and still work their way out of the championship because they've played a terrible schedule. Not of their own doing. When teams like Florida State are terrible, uh, you know, stuff in their own conference they can't control, it makes their schedule look bad. Yes, Clemson's at number five right now, outside looking in. Any uh, truth to the rumors that you've been in talks to take that Florida State job since Willie Taggart's out? Uh, they called me along with several other people. Bob Stoops, Big Game Bob has been on the line. I've been on the line. Lane Kiffin, I think, is interviewed for the job. They've sure. got all the guys in there. I don't know if I'm going to take it or not. It just doesn't pay enough to get me out of the furniture business, man. You know, I just love, <laughs> I love, I love furniture, flooring, and uh, flooring accessories. More cushion for the pushing. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. Well, Caleb, before, yeah. I, before I let you go, uh, the coin is going to pick that Baylor game. Uh, 50 is the over-under. Heads is going to be over. Tails is going to be under. The coin likes... It likes the over as well. So we don't... We're in agreement on one of the five. It can't be every week where you guys are just completely butting heads, but... Uh, the over looks good. I think if anybody learns anything from this segment, it should be take the over in that fucking Baylor game. Yeah, I, that would be one if you 
If you needed to pay your house payment and only had half of it, you know, ready to go, go ahead and bet that half you have and you'll be fine. (laughs) This has been Investment Advice with Caleb on, uh, once again, Caleb, Caleb the Green Pick of the Week. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind Georgia on my mind I said a Georgia Georgia A song of you as sweet and clear is moonlight through the pine. On the line now to talk about whether the Tigers stand any chance against the Georgia Bulldogs. From Scout.com's Georgia coverage, Andrew Stevens is on the line. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Hey, Brandon, thank you so much for having me on. So, uh, Georgia, I guess South Carolina put a real uh, turd in the punch bowl for the uh, the Bulldogs, but Georgia's still the favorite to uh, win the East, especially facing Florida. Missouri is in I guess, as low as they can be after losing to the worst two teams in the East, Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Kelly Bryant is not sure to be playing. Georgia's a 17-point favorite. Do you foresee any world where Georgia does not win this game at home? I'd like to say that I don't see a world where they don't, but I just feel like I've seen too many losses to shitty teams in my tenure to uh, ever say anything with confidence again. I mean, after you end up after you end up with two losses to Vanderbilt and two losses to Georgia Tech over the past five or six years, I think uh, anything is, is typically thrown onto the table under the realm of possibility, but. If Kelly Bryant doesn't play, I would be I'd be hard pressed to 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 see Missouri coming into Athens and getting a win. So uh, Barry Odom said that Kelly Bryant was about seventy percent if he played today. When she said this on Tuesday, then he said he wouldn't be playing. I suspect that you will see Kelly Bryant in that uh, Barry Odom's job is online, so he's going to put his best quarterback in there. But running quarterback, or not necessarily running quarterback, but mobile quarterback. Against Georgia's defense, how does that stack up? Are we playing into Georgia's hands, or does Georgia have a weakness on defense that Kelly Bryant can exploit? I would say that the only real, which as uh, Georgia's season progresses, we'll probably end up seeing it brought to fruition. But the only thing that I see as Georgia's real downfall is a team really being able to spread it spread it out and go very vertical on them. Uh, while they do, uh, do have two really good safeties in Richard LeCount and J.R. Reed. I'm a little nervous at what they offer at corner. And so teams like that are going the Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith rugs of the world across the, uh, across the wide receiving line. And then whatever LSU has in, in Jefferson and I'm fuck, I live in Baton Rouge and I can't even tell you their wideouts. I've heard them enough, but no, I would say that if Georgia can generally keep it and keep Missouri and keep Kelly Bryant in front of them, keep Roundtree in front of them, then I don't really foresee an issue in this game. I mean, Georgia, I, I'm not sure if you saw the stat that just came out, but they're like the first team in the, in the 21st century to 
not give up a rushing touchdown through eight games or something like that. And so if this becomes any sort of ground and pound type game, then I, I foresee Georgia winning and winning pretty easily. But if Kelly Bryant's able to extend plays with his legs, uh, find some receivers in the secondary. I mean, I know that Georgia's, Georgia's cornerbacks, especially their, their second corner right now, DJ Dallas is a little bit on the, on the shaky side. And so I don't foresee anything getting wonky, but then again, we've seen, uh, nine to six in Athens back in 2015. So um, I know that was the Rick era, but I'm, I'm still not, not shaking those haunting memories. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the ugliest games I'd ever watched. I, I just can't help but going back this year, looking at Georgia's game against South Carolina. What happened there? Was it a case of Georgia just sleeping on South Carolina? Did South Carolina find something that they could exploit against Georgia? Certainly Florida didn't find that. What happened with a team that Missouri beat pretty easily in South Carolina being able to take down Georgia? I think it's a combination. What the the one on the I guess on the surface was Lawrence Cager, who's he's a Miami grad transfer, but kind of easily looked at as as Georgia's best wide receiver. I mean, this past weekend had almost 150 yards in that game winning touchdown against Florida. But he went out, I want to say in the second or third quarter. And if you look at the stats from Fromm before he went out and after he went out, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, he didn't have a great game regardless, but all three interceptions came after Cager went out. And I think that plays into a little bit of, of my second point, which is Georgia operates a little bit like Wisconsin, which will tend to backfire if like, like it's not an offense predicated on explosive plays. And so it's really an offense that is predicated on we're really just, we're going to lean on you and we're going to win this game boring. And I've never really understood the philosophy of having as much talent as Georgia has, just being okay with winning games ugly. Because, I mean, if you look at the comparable talent, I mean, it, it really does look like an offensive scheme change could change, like, could result in, in something like we're seeing in Baton Rouge this year with just Joe Brady and the resurgence of, of LSU's offense. But Georgia really, like, if there is a wonky turnover, like South Carolina had a pick six in that game. So if there's a weird pick six or if there is a weird, I mean, I know that, that from, from the game last year, there was just a weird blocked punt that Georgia had and that strange, not blowing the play dead, stripped recover for a touchdown type thing from Tyson Campbell. And so if you end up with a couple of those things, now Missouri probably would need two or three breaks to go their way just to end up closing what would be a 17 point spread. Um, but I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility just because Georgia's not going to hit you with that big play explosion over the top. It's going to kind of be lull you to sleep, lull you to sleep. And they may hit you with something deep sort of in the fourth quarter, like they did again, Florida, um, but it, it's not going to be this extremely dynamic passing or really even combination offense that you'll see from the LSU's and the Alabamas of the world. What do you think of Jake Fromm? Are you convinced that he's the guy? He did look so shaky against South Carolina, but he's led this team all season long to be a successful team. How do you and how do I guess the Georgia faithful feel about Fromm at this point in the season? Well, so if you ask me this question when I am at a Georgia game in the state of Georgia, I will give you a probably a more realistic answer when I'm screaming about it with my brother and my friends in Baton Rouge saying who's better, Jake Fromm or Joe Burrow. Um, I think I'll put some maybe undue accolades on Jake Fromm's name. Uh, but I mean, I, I think he is a more than competent quarterback. I mean, I, I think he does suffer from 
lack of true explosive weapons on the outside. I think he has he has competent wide receivers, but by by no means nothing what you see in in uh, in Baton Rouge and in Tuscaloosa. And I think that he ultimately just suffers from Kirby Smart's philosophy, saying we are going to manage the like all sometimes even to a fault game manage this game like if you watch enough georgia football you can see pretty quickly how comfortable jake Fromm is in the hurry up i mean he's not the biggest guy or the most physically gifted guy but he can throw a good deep ball he's big enough he can he, he can move around it he's not extremely mobile but he can move in the pocket well he can step up and make any throw that he needs to make but the problem is his real advantage is he is, uh, I mean, from, I don't really know what the fuck this means, but everyone says that he has the, this unbelievable photographic memory. And as someone that clearly doesn't have a photographic memory, I don't really know how that functions or even applies to the game of football. But I know that he is very good in these quick decision type, hurry up, tempo situations. And so whether it is when you really, really need to get a drive going near like the, the Rose Bowl in 2017 with two minutes left. I mean, he, he, he had a, an 80 yard drive that, that he ran tempo the whole time and in the biggest game of his career looked very comfortable. And then at other times it may just be where you're trying to catch the defense off guard and, and get your running backs going. And so with, with two or three running backs and offensive linemen changes, you can really wear down a defensive line that, that may not be able to get in the proper sub packages in. Um, but I think a lot of this is going to ultimately rely on how much rope they're going to give Jake from. And so if they would, I think, give him the ability to go out and throw for 300 yards a game, like against Florida, I think people generally saw it. They said, all right, you're going to need to throw the ball 30 times for, for Georgia to win. And then he was, I think, 20 or 21 of 30 for 250 yards and, and two touchdowns. And so I think that whenever that needs to be called upon, it can be. But also I think the problem you can run into is if you try and do the let's lull him to sleep, let's do the run-run pass, and then come to him in the, the middle of the third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter, and say, all right, we absolutely, like, we haven't done anything all day running the ball. We need you to do something. He might not be that guy that, like, a, like a Georgia fans will hate this, like a Justin Fields who can go out and get you that quick strike touchdown. Fast forwarding ahead, just assuming everything goes as it looks. Georgia is a prohibitive favor to win the East and the big hurdle they've had to make over the last few years, they're going to look like they're going to face LSU or Alabama barring something unforeseen in the SEC title game. Do you think this team as constructed can beat an LSU or an Alabama and make its way into the college football playoff this season? I think it can happen just because I think Georgia can ugly up any game enough. Um, the only concern there is if it was this Georgia team against a typical LSU or Alabama team, I think I would feel a lot better only because those tip, those other teams are predicated on more smash mouth of running the football while these are much more spread them out type offenses. And so I would say that either one of those teams, I would say wins say three out of four SEC title games against Georgia. But with that being said, I, I'm not going to completely write George off in a game like that. I'd imagine in, in Atlanta, either one of those teams would probably be in between a seven and 10 point favorite over Georgia. Looking back to this game, 
you mentioned Georgia's a 17-point favorite over Missouri. 17's a lot of points for a team that uh, was ranked this year but has obviously fallen on hard times the last two weeks. You and I both realistically think uh, Georgia's going to win this game, but do you think Georgia will cover that big 17-point spread? See, that's, that's one where I would, I would be a little bit wary. I don't think that Georgia ends up covering the 17, only really because, again, I, I don't think that Georgia has to play a perfect game for them to cover it, but just it, it really provides, I don't, I don't think Kirby Smart is in the business of winning too many games 45 to nothing. And I, obviously I don't think that is a concern for this game. But with that being said, I, I think he's okay playing first half ugly, figuring out what other teams do well and then ending up um, making second half adjustments and wearing on those teams as, as the games go along. So if you're a betting man, you're going to say uh, maybe steer clear of this one. Yeah, I would, I, it would be a no play for me, but if I had to put money on it, I would probably end up saying it would be Missouri plus 17. All right, Andrew Stevens, thank you so much for joining us and uh, telling us sad news for Missouri fans, but uh, something I think we all expected to hear, especially after the last few weeks. I mean, like I said, we don't know if Kelly Bryant's going to play. I expect him to, but uh, man, Mizzou fans are bummed out and uh, Georgia couldn't come at a worse time for us. So, uh, you know, I hope uh, I hope the wheels fall off for you guys, but uh, I don't expect it. You know, Weirdly, I do expect it. I think that is just my nihilism setting in at this point in the season. But if they don't fall off now, they'll fall off at some point before the national championship. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Well, I don't think Missouri fans have anything against Georgia. I really don't. I mean, I feel like uh, Georgia's had their number for most of the time we've been in the SEC. There's no real bad blood or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, should Georgia beat the Tigers, I think that. <laughs> The Mizzou fans are just as happy to see Georgia go into the SEC title game as anybody else. So certainly anybody but Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is, we don't have a reason to not like Tennessee other than they're just so unlikable. I was about to say, I mean, Tennessee is enough of a reason to not like Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. No, I, I think that, uh, I think that the, the dogs, if they, uh, I mean, this has been a weird game. I mean, over the past couple of years, this is in 13 and 15 and last year, I know have all been just, very strange games and so i'm not putting anything outside of the realm of possibility yeah strange as they've been they've all gone georgia's way so uh, we're not getting our hopes up i don't hate that too much <laughs> all right thank you andrew stevens for joining us you can follow him at uh, armchair all americans and also he covers uh, georgia for scout.com all righty brandon thank you so much i appreciate it Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know, I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> <laughs> they're the number one men's below the belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. <laughs> Who, <laughs> who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I, I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero turn mower. It gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scrote safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> 
Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. Best day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. So there you have it, Colin. Nothing uh, I heard to make me any more confident about uh, Saturday's game. No. Sounds like Georgia's just a big, powerful, consistent team that's going to pound our asses. Boy, what would you do just to have consistency? Yeah. I mean, imagine if Fromm wasn't playing like a turd burger this season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been, he's the, probably the least consistent part of this Georgia team. Yeah. He has been inconsistent. Big or powerful or whatever. I would take consistent. You know what I mean? Like, oh. just, it, that's the one thing about the Barry Odom era is even when we look really good, it has no bearing on what the next week may hold. You know, um, obviously we know we've been terrible coming off a of bye. And so here we are coming off a of bye. I don't understand how a team that has looked as good at times as we have looked can be as bad as we have looked, you know, because like, he's a do-gooder player's coach and uh, he's it's not a tight ship. It hasn't been since he got there. I hoped it would tighten up over time. It has not. It's a, it's a leaky vessel. Now uh, we saw a little bit of locker room stuff coming out with uh, Tristan Casillo's comments after the last game against Kentucky. If we lose badly against Georgia, do you think the wheels will start coming off from the locker room? Do you think that some of that stuff will start being public? I don't know. It, it, probably not, because I don't think you're ever going to get the players or coaches to go on the record and talk about it. And we know that the press box super friends. Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends. We'll give cover. You know what I mean? I, there's, there's probably a, a better than, and, than not chance that the press box super friends already know some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And we'll just never record it and just never cover it because hashtag journalism. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's what journalists are supposed to do is not tell the story. Right. You know, um, they're supposed to keep it under their hat. And I mean, I'm going to get off my rails a little bit. For, but for a fucking place that is known as a mecca for journalism, we have some shitty fucking journalists. <laughs> You're not taking into account the fact that the, they're supposed to be super good friends with the coaching staff. Oh, well, Brennan, you know, I mean, God forbid they print something negative and lose that 13-minute interview they get once a year with Barry Odom where he doesn't say shit. Well, Colin, it seems like uh, Barry Odom goes on with uh, T.J. Moe every week. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, T.J. Moe and him are boon companions, obviously. But, but even that, like, he goes on on the Kansas City radio stations, too, and I listen to Barry. But it is. It is tripe. You know, it is coach speak. No one should listen to it. I quit listening a long time ago because there is nothing of substance in it. And that's all these guys get. But they, they want to protect it for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, I, to me, what, what sells papers? What gets views, what gets clicks more than telling you what's going on? Are you really getting so many clicks and so many views and so many listens from an um, interview that they don't say anything in? Or what's more interesting, telling everyone that Walter Brady put a gun to one of his teammates' head and got kicked off the team for it? Or that 13-minute interview you get once a year? You know what I mean? To me, I'm like, what, are you guys, what kind of math are you guys doing? Maybe you lose access to that interview with Barry Odom. You're also the guy that scoops shit constantly. You know what I mean? Like, I... I don't understand. I'm not a hashtag journalist, though. You know what I mean? I, you know, I thought you wanted people to read your paper or click on your site, but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. You're wrong about most things. Yeah, that's right. Well, we got. You know what, Brendan? That yeah. little thing called PMZ is such a bust. I mean, they don't make any money. That's right. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's. 
<laughs> we we obviously don't know what they're doing. We should be shooting for that, you know, I like, guess. Like Adam Schefter, and I mean, you, you look at the NFL and the NBA and the, the uh, MLB, and everybody's scrambling for a scoop. Not, not at Mizzou. That might that might stick our neck out fifteen inches. Yeah, you don't want that. You you don't want to take any risks. That's not how you do no. it. Oh, gosh, no, we'd lose that 15-minute interview. <laughs> well, Colin, we've got uh, the evening game coming up on Saturday night. Uh, we'll get together probably Sunday to do our post-game show. And, uh, you know, all indicators are it's going to be a post-mortem. Yep, <laughs> that's right. The autopsy begins Saturday night. <laughs> Catch the fever. <laughs> yeah, M-I-Z. <laughs> Z-O-U. Z-O-U.